The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Jacob Morgan is a renowned author of five impactful books on leadership, the future of work, and employee experience. With his latest release, Leading with Vulnerability, Unlock Your Greatest Superpower to Transform Yourself, Your Team, and Your Organization, drawing from over 100 CEO interviews and a survey of 14,000 employees. And Jacob is with us here. How are you today? Good, thank you for having me. So what was it that inspired you to write Leading with Vulnerability? Well, it's a few things. One was on the personal side and one was on the business side. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners and probably you yourself would be able to relate to some of the things that I'll share. Mm. Uh, On the business side, when I wrote my previous book on the future leader that came out in 2020, I was interviewing a lot of business leaders out there, asking them about important mindsets and skill sets for current and aspiring leaders. And I kept hearing hearing this theme of vulnerability and emotional intelligence. And vulnerability, a lot of us, we can think of basically doing or saying something in the context of work that exposes you to the potential of emotional harm, meaning maybe you're talking about a mistake or a failure, or you're sharing something personal where if the other person wanted to, they could take that information and use it against you in some way. And so a lot of these business leaders were telling me that On the one hand, their employees were expecting them to be strong and confident and tough and visionary. And on the other hand, they were also asking their leaders to share their weaknesses and challenges and failures. And it's like, how do you make sense of both of those things? Similarly, we have all been hearing conversations about vulnerability. And I think it's pretty obvious why this stuff is important in our personal lives, right? I mean, to connect with friends, with family members, you know, you share personal things to create that relationship and that bond. But I was really wondering, what about at work? At work, we have a different dynamic. You have a hierarchy, you have a boss, you have employees and customers and projects and deadlines and money. Is it really the same at work as it is at home? And what if you're a leader? Is it the same for you? And it became very clear that the answer to that is no. So that's kind of on the business side. On the personal side, I don't come from a family that practices vulnerability. I mean, my mom tries. Uh, She's very good at emotional openness and vulnerability. But my dad came from the former Republic uh, or the former USSR. So, you know, I was always taught to try to be mentally and physically number one, never practiced any vulnerability. And uh, that caused me a couple of years ago to have a series of panic attacks. And the panic attacks came about because 
because I was forcing myself to write a book about vulnerability when I myself did not believe in it, did not practice it. And uh, those two things on the business side and the personal side really propelled me to diving deep into this topic. And what actually is the difference between being vulnerable and leading with vulnerability? Because there's an example that the book mentions of Hollis Harris, the CEO of Continental Airlines, who asked his employees to pray for the future of the company and was subsequently fired. So why was that not effective leadership? Vulnerability is basically acknowledging and sharing a gap that you might have. And again, we're speaking mainly in the context of work. So we have to remember that why you get hired for a job is because the company needs help with something. And then you basically say that I have the skills, the capabilities, and the talent to do what you need help with. So the company hires you and brings you in. Now, in that kind of a scenario, imagine if every day you're showing up to work and you're talking about your mistakes and failures and challenges and feelings. In other words, all you're doing is talking about the gaps that you have. At some point, your peers and your leaders are going to look at you and they're going to say, hey, wait a minute, I'm I'm confused here. We brought you in because you said you can do this. And all you're doing is talking about the gaps that you have. So vulnerability is doing or saying something that is exposing you to these gaps, emotional harm, risk, uncertainty, things of that nature. Leading with vulnerability, on the other hand, takes it one step further. So you expose yourself to the gaps, but then you demonstrate what you're trying to do to close that gap. So a simple and practical example that we see inside of a lot of organizations, let's say somebody gives you a project to do and you do it, but you screw it up and you show up to work and you say, I'm really sorry I messed that up. I, I know how important this was and I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really sorry. I feel terrible. That's being vulnerable, right? You're exposing the gap. I messed it up. I feel bad. Like you're, you're sharing that. Leading with vulnerability would take that same scenario and say, I'm really sorry I screwed this up. I feel terrible, but here's what I learned from my mistake. And here are three things that I'm going to do going forward to make sure that that mistake never happens again. So expose the gap, demonstrate what I'm trying to do to close the gap. Now, the story that you mentioned that I have in the book from the former CEO of Continental Airlines, the company was struggling and he sent out a memo to his entire workforce of, I believe, around 40,000 employees. And all he did in that memo was talk about the gap. The company's struggling. We have challenges. He didn't talk about any ideas or solutions for how he can try to turn the company around. And he ended that memo by really widening the gap by simply saying, the best thing that you can do is to pray for the future of the company. Now, I interviewed another CEO. Right? I mean, it's it's crazy, right? It's like, and <laughs> I imagine if you work for that kind of a company and you're thinking like, did the CEO just tell us to pray for the future? (laughs) Like, Why would I be working here in that scenario? Um, So another CEO that I interviewed, very similar. Um, So to be clear, I didn't interview Hollis Harris. He passed away. But Fleetwood Grobler is the CEO of a South African energy company called Sassel. They have around 30,000 employees. Similar story. Company's $13 billion in debt. The banks are about to come and repossess everything. And he too is asked to address his workforce. But he gives a very different message. Now he starts off with vulnerability and with talking about the gap. He talks about that the business is struggling, that the Uh, economic climate is not favorable for the business. He goes through a series of challenges, but then he adds the leadership piece. He tries to close the gap and he says, I have a vision of where I think this business can go. I know we have a talented group of people. I know that we can rebuild trust in our customers and in the eyes of our employees. And if you come with me on this journey and help me figure out the exact path forward, I know that we can turn this business around and become successful. And that's exactly what they did. So he exposed the gap and he demonstrated what he's trying to do to close the gap. Because in the context of work, the people that you surround yourself with, they want to know what you're doing to solve the problem. If you just keep showing up to work talking 
talking about the problem, sharing the the, the challenges and the mistakes and the failures, people want to know, well, what are you doing about it? You know, I have a team, a virtual team that I work with. I'm sure you work with a team there as well. And if somebody comes to you and they say, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I, I, I messed this up, I screwed this up, you don't really care, right? I mean, you're, you're the leader of the team and you, you don't want to hear that something got messed up. So at least on my team, when somebody says I made a mistake, I say, okay, that's fine. We all make mistakes. What did you learn from it? How are we going to make sure that these mistakes don't happen again? So in other words, what are you doing to demonstrate the competence that you're closing the gap? And this is part of what I call the vulnerable leader equation. Vulnerability on its own can cause more harm than good. But if you combine vulnerability with leadership, then that can be a very powerful force because you create the connection with people by exposing the gap and you demonstrate your competence that you're good at or are trying to be good at your job by demonstrating the leadership piece. And that I think is really what a lot of great leadership is about, connecting with your people and being good at your job. And that's why those two pieces are so crucial to go together. And I suppose it is quite important to be vulnerable, isn't it? Not just as a leader, but maybe generally in the workforce, because nobody likes working with somebody who doesn't admit that they've messed up when they so clearly have. Yes. And you know, the scary thing is, um, we surveyed 14,000 employees around the world. And very few, so the, the more senior you become inside of an organization, the less likely you are to genuinely acknowledge your failures and shortcomings, and the less likely you are to show a willingness to be emotionally vulnerable. And the numbers really drop off a cliff when you go to mid-level leader to senior level leader, like they plummet um, into the, the, the low double digits, like 16, 20%. So most employees around the world work for leaders who don't want to admit their mistakes and failures, who don't want to show willingness to be vulnerable. And this is important because if you imagine a quadrant and you put leadership on, uh, let's say, the the x-axis and you put vulnerability on the y-axis. So at the bottom left, where you're low on leadership and low on vulnerability, you're usually you know, probably a new employee. You kind of haven't picked a path yet. You're just getting started. If you look at the bottom right quadrant, where let's say you are very high high on leadership, but low on vulnerability. And somebody says, well, what do you think of this kind of leader? Somebody will say, oh, so-and-so is really great at their job. They're bringing in deals. They're very knowledgeable, but I don't have that connection with them. I don't feel motivated or engaged or inspired by the work that I'm doing. I don't feel like we have that chemistry to work together. Now, similarly, let's say you score very high on vulnerability and you're low on leadership. And again, somebody asks you, what do you think of working for that kind of leader? The response will probably be, you know what? So-and-so is great. I love working with them. We have great chemistry. They're just a really good person. I enjoy spending time with them, but I don't think they're the right leader because they haven't demonstrated that they are good at their job. They don't have that level of competence, that leadership that's required to be guiding us. And so this is why you need both competence and connection, leadership and vulnerability. If you only focus on vulnerability, then people will think that you're incompetent. And if you only focus on leadership, then your people will think you're a robot. Neither of those scenarios are good. And you mentioned that most people are working for people who don't kind of acknowledge their mistakes commonly. So what are... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Some of the common barriers that prevent leaders from embracing vulnerability at work and how do you suggest they overcome them well it's funny because the the answer or i'm sorry the the question actually has the answer in it in some capacity so we asked 14,000 employees around the world and we asked them what's the number one thing that's keeping you from being vulnerable at work and the number one response that came back was i don't want to be perceived as being weak or incompetent right in other words i don't want to talk about my mistakes or failures or challenges because other people are going to think that i'm not good at my job and so the solution to that is actually in the response. In other words, if you don't want people to think that you're not good at your job, then demonstrate that you are trying to get good at your job. This is why vulnerability alone can hurt you. Because if you just focus on, oh man, I made a mistake. I'm sorry, I screwed this up. Oh, you know, I'm going through a tough time. Oh, you know, I'm not feeling great today. Yeah, if that's all you do, people will look at you and say, wow, like I, you don't seem like you're, you know, a good fit here. But instead, if you demonstrate the vulnerability with the leadership, I made a mistake, here's what I learned. I need help but here's what I'm going to do in the future to make sure I can solve my own problems. Demonstrate that leadership and the competence. And by doing so, you will change the perception that other people have of you of being incompetent. So hopefully that makes sense, right? If you don't want people to perceive you as being not good at your job, then demonstrate that you're trying to get good at your job. And that's the one thing. It sounds so obvious and so silly, but it's the thing that we forget to do. We only focus on the vulnerability and we forget to demonstrate to others what we're trying to do to solve our own problem, to be accountable, to close the gap. Now, there's a little bit of a catch here. And the catch is a concept in psychology called the pratfall effect. And the pratfall effect was created by a psychologist named Elliot Aronson. And it basically states that if you are good at your job, so you're highly competent and you're vulnerable, then you get an added boost. You get a bump. Because people will look at you and they're going to say, oh, Jacob's really good at his job. Oh, now he's talking about mistakes. Oh, now he's human. And you get that kind of bump where you're good at your job. And now people think that you're also human. And so you're more likable. They view you as being more competent. But the catch is what happens if you're not good at your job? So if you are not good at your job, let's say you're a mediocre player or you're you know even below that and you're always vulnerable, then what happens is your vulnerability is going to reinforce your mediocrity. So if I'm not good at my job and I keep showing up to work talking about all these reasons that I'm struggling and why I'm not good at my job, everyone around me is going to say, 
yeah, that makes sense. I get why Jacob is a C player. I get why Jacob's not good at his job. So it solidifies me in that realm of mediocrity. So again, the way that you break out of that is whenever you are vulnerable in a vulnerable situation, whenever you can try to add the leadership piece. And so the the definition of a vulnerable leader that I have in the book is a leader who intentionally opens themselves up to the potential of emotional harm, that's vulnerability, but takes action to create a positive outcome when possible. That's leadership. So whenever you can create or take that positive um, action to create that action to create that positive outcome whenever you can and that's the part that we always neglect and you mentioned of course that you've interviewed people for this book and you've actually done over a hundred CEO interviews and of course surveyed thousands of employees so what are some of the most compelling stories or findings that shaped what's presented in the book? Well, it's interesting because I was intrigued. Obviously, if I interviewed these CEOs and they didn't tell me what they told me, I wouldn't have a book to write, right? Yeah. Um, So I was very interested that all the CEOs knew what vulnerability is, believed in vulnerability, understood the value of vulnerability, yet how many of them struggled to practice inside of their organizations? And they struggled to practice it inside of their organizations precisely because they didn't know where to begin. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know that vulnerability should not stand on its own, that it should be combined with other things. So I, I found it very interesting in that regard that it's it's seen as a strength, it's seen as a positive, but it isn't practiced nearly enough. And the reason why it's not practiced nearly enough is because we're only focusing on one part of the equation. So there are a lot of really interesting stories in the book of various CEOs who shared how vulnerabilities were used against them uh, in certain situations and somebody backstabbed them and what they learned. There are stories of how CEOs have used vulnerability as a way to create connection with their team. Like there, there's, there's a lot of different angles when we look at vulnerability, but I think the common theme or one of the common themes from all of the CEOs I interviewed is that vulnerability inside of an organization specifically needs to begin with intention. So understanding why, why is it that you are sharing or doing whatever it is that you're sharing or doing? If you don't have an intention behind it, then it becomes group therapy session, which is not effective, nor is it relevant in the workplace. So before you show up to work and you spill your heart out or you talk about something personal or something potentially inappropriate, you have to take a step back and say, why am I doing this? Am I trying to create a better relationship with this person to create more connection? Am I trying to create a culture where other people can come to me with their problems? Am I trying to create a culture where we're just doing a better job of collaborating and coming up with new ideas? Like what is the purpose and the intention behind whatever it is that you are doing or saying? And again, that is the most important piece because without intention, it's just therapy and get a therapist. Yeah. Well, are you working on any more books at all? Eventually. So this book is just coming out. I'll be brainstorming, you know, we'll see what happens with this book and how it's received and what kind of feedback we get from it. Um, and then, of course, every every two, three years, as an author, every few years, you got to create a new piece of content out there that you go and promote around the world. But for now, um, the theme of vulnerability is very interesting to me in a leadership in a workplace setting. And I think there's a lot of research that can still be done in this area. So for now, this will be the the sandbox that I'll be playing in. Because you mentioned there's a lot of research that can be done in this area. So do you think that another book of a similar nature could be on the cards in a few years? Yeah, maybe. I mean, there are a lot of questions when I was doing the research for this book that were very difficult to answer. You know, I was very curious, for example, what happens in your body when you're vulnerable, like chemically, you know, serotonin, oxytocin, like what's actually going on in your body? 
Um, and it was very interesting because a lot of the CEOs I interviewed, nobody told me that vulnerability feels good, right? Nobody said, oh, when I'm vulnerable, I feel great and happy and I'm excited. Vulnerability feels uncomfortable in your body. Yeah. Um, several other CEOs have shared that they've had panic attacks, um, that their heart starts racing, their palms get sweaty. One CEO said that he starts speaking and his voice is quivering because he's so nervous. Other CEOs there, they feel like they have butterflies in their stomach. Like it's an uncomfortable and an unpleasant feeling. But then the question becomes, well, why do it if it's so uncomfortable? Why do it if it's so difficult? And then the answer is, well, if you think about any time in your life where you wanted to achieve something, you likely had to get out of your comfort zone and do something that was difficult and to do something that you didn't want to do. And I think leading with vulnerability is the same thing. It is uncomfortable. It is difficult. It feels weird. We don't have all the answers, but if you want to be a great leader and push yourself out of your comfort zone. And if you want to create trust and lead through change and create a lasting impact on others by unlocking their potential and drive business performance, then this is the approach that you have to take. And I can give you maybe one starting place that a lot of leaders can, can go with. And it's this theme of climbing the vulnerability mountain. So what I always encourage people to do is to imagine that you're climbing a mountain. That's actually the cover of the book. And a mountain is symbolic because the beginning of the mountain is easy. You can imagine the first steps you need to take and then you have the peak of the mountain, which is, you know, the scary part. So figure out what can you do tomorrow? What What is a step that you can take tomorrow? Um, whether it's uh, one CEO, for example, said she would always get nervous when she would talk to her employees. So she kind of cheated a little bit. And she knew that whenever she would get in that, this was Penny Pennington, the CEO of Edward Jones, big financial services firm with 50,000 employees. And when she first got started, she said, you know, I would cheat a little bit and I would keep an ace up the sleeve, so to speak, which was she would knew a, she knew a story that she would want to tell her employees whenever she would get into the ele an elevator with them. So whenever would she would see a new employee in the elevator, you know, it's kind of weird. You don't know what to say. She kind of had this like response of what she was going to share about her weekend and what she learned and what she did as a way to kind of create connection. So that's the base camp of the, of the mountain, you know, could be whatever it is for you. And then identify what's at the peak of the mountain for you. What's the scary thing that you can't imagine doing? And once you know what the base camp is and what the peak is, then day by day, week by week and month by month, you take small steps to climb the mountain and you'll fall, you'll get bruised, you'll get beat up, you'll make mistakes. But as a leader, I think it'll be the greatest journey and adventure that you can go on and you will transform yourself, your team and your organization if you do it. Well, this book is, of course, called Leading with Vulnerability, Unlock Your Greatest Superpower to Transform Yourself, Your Team and Your Organization. And it's by Jacob Morgan. So where are all the places that we're able to find that? Hmm. Uh, there are a few spots. Um, probably the best place to go to is leadwithvulnerability.com. And if people buy the book and email me proof of purchase to bonus at thefutureorganization.com, I'll actually send them access to um, some of the CEO interviews I did with GE, American Airlines, Penny Pennington from Edward Jones, and a couple others. Um, my website is thefutureorganization.com. And the last place people can go is our Substack, which is where we're creating a lot of leadership content and putting it up. And that is greatleadership.substack.com. Excellent. Well, many thanks for talking to us today. It's been fascinating to have you on. Thank you for having me. The Throbbing Pulse of Sound, the Toby Gribben Show.